The doctor is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Thank you for your great, great for following me and for being there uh, and trying to learn to be the CEO of your own body. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude because gratitude has many, many gifts. It can make your days happier, healthier, and more loving. And grateful people are happier, less depressed, less stressed, and more satisfied with their lives and relationships. So thank you so much, and thank you to, for, to Feedspot. They are continually updating us, and we are in still in the top 50 doctor podcasts on the web, Feedspot.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have had some interesting uh, podcasts uh, recently the, explaining why doctors are the third leading cause of death, all the different chemicals that are endocrine disruptors, the effects of Wi-Fi, and we've had uh, lots of programs with COVID, but apparently if you do uh, programs on COVID, you will be censored. Look at Dr. Joseph Mercola with millions of listeners. I don't know what they did to Dr. Joe, but he is uh, he took down 30-some years of, of uh, medical advice off the web because our president listed him as a terrorist. Dr. Joseph Mercola. So you can... Still get information on COVID, but I, I, I direct you to the Children's Health Defense. That's, Dr. That's Mr. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. To Cheryl Atkinson, A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. To the Medical Rebel, Dr. Lee Merritt. To Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Her uh, website is man, M-A-N-N. To Lee Rockwell, where you'll see lots of great reports on COVID. And to an app called Telegram, where you can follow me, Dr. Ron, and follow a lot of other people in an encrypted program that uh, maybe uh, will not be spied upon. Okay, so today, I'll talk to you a little bit about vitamin B12 because a deficiency in B12 can be the underlying cause of nerve pain, and it is associated with higher risks of heart disease and increased symptoms and severity of brain disorders like Alzheimer's, etc. And after we finish with B12, which will be somewhat today and on Tuesday, we'll talk about neuropathy. It seems like more and more people are having nerve pain. Could B12 help? Your diet is not only what you eat, it is what you watch. Remember I told you, turn off the, the boob tube. What you listen to, don't listen to junk. What you read, the people you hang around with, 
Be mindful of the things you put into your body, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. I can't emphasize that enough, ladies and gentlemen, because we all are in this together. We all want to age, and aging is not a disease. It's a natural process. It's something we all experience, and if we do it right, our older years can be one of the happiest and most satisfying times of our lives. So, with a little bit of a troubled heart because of Dr. Joe Mercola, uh, I'll start talking to you a little bit about uh, vitamin B12 and some other uh, thoughts that I have. So it's like clockwork, right? Every couple of years, you can expect the media to publish stories on how vitamins are a waste of money. And even now in the Senate, they're trying to outlaw vitamins. And I keep coming back to the headline, there have been no deaths from vitamins. Supplement safety is yet again confirmed by, the, by America's largest database. Where are the bodies? The 37th annual, annual report from the American Association of Poison Control Centers showed zero deaths from any vitamin. Supporting data is in Table 22B, page 1508 to 1518, and is published in Clinical Toxicology. But we, we don't hear about that. That's why you, you, you really don't get anything you can use on the boob tube. And doctors, even those from John Hopkins, can make absurd statements when they say the only evidence vitamins can help comes from people telling friends, I take this and it makes me feel better. Well, I'm telling you, that's nonsense. There's been reams of studies done on various vitamins and minerals over the years, and they found how they can improve and safeguard our health. We now know the vitamin in the B family can protect our brain. Now, this study that I just saw is, involves schizophrenia. Okay, I have to admit that. It's quite apparent that this group of vitamins is fast becoming known as the brain's best friend. B is for brain. B vitamins for your brain. Remember that. And last year, there was another study, study that showed how our B, the B vitamins can help us think better. Researchers at Swinburne University of Milburne used MRIs to look for changes in blood flow in certain areas of the brain that are connected with things like, how about this, memory and focus. And they say that their findings confirm how B vitamin supplements can enhance, quote, mental performance and mood. And in an article in Psychological Medicine, researchers from the UK and Australia discovered that these vitamins can, quote, effectively improve outcomes, unquote, for patients with schizophrenia. Those found to help included familiar names, B6 and B12. 
Another one you may not hear about was also included. It's called inositol. Inositol was originally part of the B complex family, and it was originally called, believe it or not, B8. Now we are being told it's a pseudo vitamin. It's used to treat a lot of brain-related issues with great success, such as ADHD, depression, and of course, what we just talked about, schizophrenia. It's widely thought of as a brain booster. And that sort of makes sense as one of the places where this compound inositol is found in high concentration is in your brain. Other researchers found inositol to have therapeutic effect for conditions such as depression and panic attacks and OCD. There is there are studies out there. And we've known for a long time that food derived supplements can also help with schizophrenia. And, and I've talked to you over the years about the proton pump inhibitors like Nexium and Prelosic. If you're taking them, it's almost a given that you're deficient in vitamin B12. And B vitamins is really a big group, ladies and gentlemen. And, but today, we'll, we'll, after this monologue, we'll, we'll talk mainly about B12. But know that folate is in spinach and other green leafy vegetables. B6 is in poultry, seafood, and potatoes. B12 is in beef and shellfish. Thiamine, which is now being recommended to be used during the so-called Chinese virus pandemic. Thiamine, vitamin B1, is in pork dark green leafy vegetables, almonds, pecans, and wheat germ. And if you have, if, if, if during the lockdowns you've had extra wine, you're, you are almost certainly to be deficient in B1. Riboflavin is in milk, yogurt, cheese, chicken, fish, and eggs. Niacin, that vitamin that can lower your cholesterol. It's in chicken, turkey, fish, including salmon and canned tuna. Remember what we've, we've talked about salmon. Look for, for uh, wild salmon, not farm-raised salmon. And you know, from liver and egg yolks and avocados, you get biotin and panathenic acid. And that inositol, that B8 we were talking about, <clears throat> that's in citrus fruits, nut, molasses, and liver. So what they we've heard about, be, about vitamins being a waste is not really so truthful. So a vitamin B12 deficiency or a low level of B12 has been associated with a variety of conditions, including neuropathic pain. When I first started practice in the 60s, General practitioners would routinely give B12 shots and they were called kooks for it. But maybe they knew something from uh, being in practice so long without a lot of fancy tests that, that, that we still don't know today. But 
B12 has been associated with neuropathic pain. A, a decreased level of B12 also increases your, your risk for heart disease and obesity and high blood pressure and poor lipid profiles. And as I alluded to in my opening, cognitive and brain disorders such as dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, of, the, of course, schizophrenia, depression, and tremors. So I'll continue on this line for a bit. What are the benefits of taking B12? Well, a lot of people I golf with have neuropathy. And one of the benefits of B12 is it decreases nerve pain. In a review of 24 studies, researchers found evidence for a, the therapeutic effect of B12 in the treatment of post-herpetic neuralgia. That's the pain that can linger on after shingles or herpes zoster on the face, the Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. And it, and it has also been shown to be helpful in the treatment of painful peripheral neuropathy, one that is often associated with the diabetes or blood sugar problems. And how does it work? Well, B12 promotes myelinization. That, it promotes the covering of the, of the nerve, the insulation of the nerve. So the nerve, the nerve uh, uh, stimulus stay inside the neurons. So it, it increases the electrical efficiency of the transmission. That's what I was trying to say as my tongue got tied up. And guess what? It increases nerve regeneration. And it stops that excess. They call it ectopic nerve firing which is highly correlated with neuropathic pain. So B12 is associated that it can help nerve pain by making sure that the lining of the nerve is intact and we get rid of these excess firing that goes outside of the nerve fiber. Scientists have performed many analyses of, and there was a meta-analysis of 18 studies of serum B12 levels. Yep, this is a big study, 1,239 cases and 1,562 controls. And they all had type 2 diabetes. And what they found was reduced B12 levels were found in patients with diabetes and nerve pain compared with patients in the diabetic group without nerve pain, showing that B12 supplementation as a potential treatment for diabetic-related nerve pain was proved by this study. They found a significantly high prevalence of B12 deficiency in diabetes, especially those treated with metformin. 200 patients. And there were other studies, mainly in diabetics, 248 in one were B12 deficient. Uh, or borderline deficient. So generally it is recommended if you have diabetes and neuropathy, and especially if you're on metformin, you need to know your B12 levels. 
So number one was neuropathic pain. Number two, B12 lowers your risk for heart disease. Well, what increases your risk? Well, you know, obesity, very high cholesterol, high blood sugar, high blood pressure. Of course, if you have, have, have more than one of these conditions, it's now called the metabolic syndrome. 80 middle-aged women were studied. Obesity was found to negatively affect B12 levels. In other words, if you are fat, you're going to have low B12 levels. And you'll have low vitamin D levels, thus increasing your risk of heart disease. And there's study upon study uh, regarding this. Indian patients, 75 of them were studied. Those with metabolic syndrome, remember that was more than one uh, being obese, a lipid profile that was abnormal, high blood sugar levels, had elevated levels of homocysteine. And homocysteine is important because it can contribute to arterial damage. And guess what else? Blood clots. And what are we hearing with the China virus? Blood clots. And reduced levels of B12 compared to the control group. So if you had low levels and you had metabolic syndrome, you are prone to arterial damage and blood clots. Number three, B12 can improve your brain health. B12 has been shown a number of times. It's an excellent food source or supplementation. If you do that, you'll bolster your brain health and decrease brain disorders. It even helped children in one study with depression. In another study of 202 people, the B12 deficient ones had cognitive impairments and 84% of them reported marked symptomatic improvement after vitamin B12 was replaced. So as I opened with, B12 deficiency, deficiency is strongly linked to cognition. There are a number of studies in front of me, 165 from Brazil. They even did some autopsy studies and B12 levels were always lower in those with either autism, schizophrenia, or dementia. And Parkinson patients, remember Parkinson's, we think now it is a vagus nerve problem from a leaky gut. I mean, we've talked about it and we'll talk about it more since there are more people with Parkinson's disease. But if you have Parkinson's disease and you have low B12 levels, you're over five times more likely to develop dementia. 
Think about that. So if you have Parkinson's disease, it is being recommended that you supplement with vitamin B12. And many of you had never heard about cytokine before the Chinese virus and cytokine storms, but in research of 55 outpatients with low B12 levels, it was associated with greater pro-inflammatory cytokines compared to the control group. So the scientists of this study suggest that this neuroinflammatory effect could be implicated in the disease called Alzheimer's. So study after study, cognitive, the way you think, functional deterioration of your brain, mental disorders, seizures, You should have your B12 level checked and, and go on a program of vitamin B12 replacement because it may, as in these studies, enable you to have a remarkable recovery. How about your food sources for B12? Well, it's, I'm sorry to say to the vegans, it's mainly in meats, liver, beef, chicken, turkey, salmon, tuna, trout, shrimp. It's also in some dairy products, but dairy is another issue. Now, soy, uh, if it's fortified for the vegans, may be helpful with a B12 deficiency. You can find some in seaweed. And shiitake mushrooms. But the experts caution as to the consistency and the bioavailability of the B12. Actually, is it going to get into your system and do it, do the job it's supposed to do? Now, if you're not, you don't like dairy, well, that's okay. Almond milk, coconut milk, and cheeses like buffalo, mozzarella, and feta have B12. So B12 uh, can really uh, be essential in your health. It's essential for uh, an essential vitamin for nerve pain, your brain, and your heart. And, and beside being obese and diabetic, you know, a lot of people experience a deficiency of B12 when it's caused by drugs, aging, diet, and other precursor diseases. B12, ladies and gentlemen, really important, and especially fighting nerve pain and defending your heart and brain. Remember, decreases nerve pain, lowers your risk of heart disease, and improves brain health. And you can go on the internet and look for food sources of B12. Not hard to find. And if you're looking for symptoms 
of B12 deficiency, there's a long list. And because it affects the nerves, you know, one of the top is tingling or numbness. And maybe you're having some balance or gait problems. And remember, it affects your brain, so it could affect your memory, difficulty thinking. And maybe because it also is important for your health, you could be experiencing heart palpitation. And if you're in that elderly group, you have pernicious anemia, you've had stomach or intestinal surgery, or you're a vegetarian or a regular coffee and alcohol drinker, and you have some of these symptoms, might be a good idea to have your homocysteine level and your B12 level checked. B12 deficiency symptoms mimic other conditions. So you might have some B12, but it might not be enough to do the job. And a lot of physicians feel that um, a significant portion of Americans have some type of deficiency. And vitamin B12 is essential and vital for you to have optimal health. And it's just sad because it, you know, it can mimic other conditions and other symptoms, and you have to think about it and check for it. It's an essential vitamin. Your body cannot make it on its own. You must consume it. So if you're low, you know, there's no doubt you're going to get an anemia. And there's a, it's a specific type of anemia called megaloblastic. Your red blood cells are big, but you don't have enough of them. So the symptoms are vague. They're not diagnostic. And beside what I told you already, I mean, it could be, you know, tongue soreness, mouth soreness, difficulty breathing. So you have to think about it in order to check for it and then treat it. And, you know, there's a normal range and I, the normal range differs at whatever lab that your physician or healthcare provider is using. You don't want to be low normal. You want to be optimal. You want to be, you want to have the B12 level of a 25 year old, no matter what your age, 60. Don't let anybody tell you, well, it's normal for your age. That is bull. You want to have it optimal. You want to have the levels as if you were 25 years old. And remember, you can check homocysteine to be sure you're on the right track. And it's it's be a shame if you're labeled as an Alzheimer or dementia patient, and all it all it would take to re, to turn it around would be a B12 supplement, wouldn't it? 
So there are some physicians that are recommending testing B12 with any cognitive decline. And because it does interact with the cytokine system, uh, the Chinese virus, huh? Would it be a bad idea to, to supplement with B12 to prevent or, or early treatment? But it really is important for neuropathic pain. Really important. Uh, as I said, if it works on post-herpatic neuralgia, that's a really bad one. It should be part of the program for uh, neuropathy. You know, there are people with neuropathy that, that develop uh, foot drop and so forth. They should have their B12 homocysteine level checked and get on B12 because if it's low and causing neuropathy, if their homocysteine levels are high, indicating that B12 is low, not only is it affecting neuropathy, but remember, you are prone to have faster rates of brain changes associated with aging. If your levels are high, you'll have a slower rate of brain aging. In Stockholm, Sweden, in a report in the Journal of the American Medical Association Psychiatry, where the researchers examined 501 participants over 80, over 60, excuse me, 501 participants age 60 and older. They studied them with blood tests and MRIs. And what they found was the circulating levels of B12 were correlated with changes in brain tissue volumes and total white matter. That means brain size. Brain tissue actually decreased when the B12 levels were, were lower. Now, I'm not saying this is a cure-all. It's not going to help everybody, but Jesus, it's it, not hard to test. So maybe a B12 period uh, trial is warranted. And I'm not saying all these studies that I'm telling you are all uh, cut and dry. They're not, but it gives you an idea of what to do. But that was over a six-year period. And believe it or not, a, a pharmaceutical company website called Medscape uh, actually published that study. Okay. So we know the B12 can affect three major systems and especially your brain. Okay. Why not give it a shot? 
The only one that's that's available widely now is cyanocobalamin. That's a shot, okay? But methylcobalamin supplement is available, and it can be used in your mouth sublingually. Indeed, I'm looking at some studies that show it actually gets absorbed. B12 is destroyed by stomach acid. So if you're taking B12 in a tablet or as part of a multiple vitamin, you're you're wasting your money. Because as soon as it hits the stomach acid, it is destroyed, and B12 has to get to your small intestine. And methylcobalamin is the active form. Okay. And I have seen studies where methylcobalamin used orally can be effective. Aging is natural, but we don't want to age prematurely or be a burden. WebMD, another pharmacological website, stated, said, quote, since your, your body doesn't make B12, you'll need to get it from animal-based foods or from supplements on a regular basis. That's from a pharmacology or big pharma-owned website. And remember, if you're deficient and you're over 65, you are prone to brain shrinkage. And if you're male and over 65, you have enough things shrinking. And as you get older and we're going through these lockdowns and the political, politicalization of the, of the China virus, you just don't want to get depressed, and B12 may help you not to be so depressed. So if you have a digestive problem, you're a vegetarian, you have to be really careful. And we, it's, it's pretty hard to synthesize, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean, the injectable form is available. A lot of physicians do use that. But know that the cyano means cyanide. And your body has to separate the B12 in your liver and remove the cyanide part of it. But it looks like in the research I've done the past couple of days, you, you cannot easily get methylcobalamin for injections. Even Life Extension Magazine stated that the liver simply does not convert cyanocobalamin, the, the commonly available form of B12, into adequate amounts of methylcobalamin, which the body uses to treat and correct neurological defects. So it looks like the uh, oral form of methylcobalamin uh, into, un, into your mouth and let it get absorbed under your tongue might be the way to go.
if you cannot get or, or your physician cannot find injectable methylcobalamin. So for the, all the reasons we've talked about, brain fog and slowing down mentally and sluggishness, you might want to get it checked and see if your healthcare provider will give you a trial of treatment. And methylcobalamin, I must say, is the only form of vitamin B12 that can cross the blood-brain barrier. you know, we talk about serotonin and dopamine. Serotonin makes you feel better. Well, that methyl group in, that, in the name methylcobalamin makes your body secrete serotonin. And you feel better. Okay, so we'll talk more about vitamin B12 as the time goes on. I see a couple people have entered uh, this live discussion. I thank you for that. So the next, this coming week, I want to talk about the vagus nerve, the largest nerve of your body. I want to talk about neuropathy more in depth. And why I want to talk about the vagus nerve is uh, its role in chronic fatigue. It also has a role in depression and other diseases. And most people don't even know about the vagus nerve. It plays a role in almost everything. It's crazy, right? And you haven't heard of it. You don't hear about it. It can affect obesity, heart health, kidney disease, depression. And new research is looking like it's involved in chronic fatigue syndrome. When I was in medical school, we only thought it affected the stomach and the heart, but it has a much wider net right now with a multitude of functions, far beyond what we thought when I was in school. So that's what I have planned, ladies and gentlemen, and I do appreciate you giving me the time to listen to me rant on, but I'm going to keep doing it. And uh, we'll pick subjects other than the Chinese virus for now until I see where the politics of this is all coming down. Uh, Really upset with what they did with Dr. Mercola, what they did with Dr. Malone, the inventor of the mRNA part of these jabs. They just shunned him like the Amish. He's been shunned. Good doctors, just because they're speaking their mind, are being shunned and sued because there's only one opinion that matters, and that's the one that comes out of Washington. And you know who I'm talking about. No dissenting opinions are allowed. No dissenting opinions of an experimental jab Remember, it's experimental. No dissenting opinions are allowed. Okay, before I go off on another tangent, thank you for listening. And uh, we are available on all different 
podcasts like Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We're out there. And of course, right here on Podbean. Podbean has been great for this program. I love the people that join Podbean and Podbean as a host has been fantastic. Of course, Feedspot now, uh, the one that lists us as one of the top 50. And Podpage, P-O-D-P-A-G-E dot com. They, they list all of our shows with a little write-up, Podpage. So if you're interested in some of the uh, close to 400 programs, it's, I think Podpage might be easier to find, but Podbean has a, gave me a, a website too. Anyway, thank you for listening. We'll see you on Tuesday. Ciao. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week.